Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We've been talking about the importance of higher education in rural areas. And uh, we talked about uh, in our last episode where we've seen uh, universities, uh, including some very large universities, starting to shed some of their majors. We've also seen uh, some smaller colleges and universities shutting down. It's a trend that's been happening. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the decline of transfer enrollment. And that is something that could be alarming for not just four-year universities that sort of had this expectation that people were going to be transferring to continue a degree, but also community colleges as well, because part of the idea is you take classes at a community college and then you transfer to a four-year university. So just to go through a couple of statistics, uh, since uh, fall, enrollment has declined 7.5%. It's down 14.5% since 2020. That accounts for about 78,000 people. Uh, And if you go back to 2019, Uh, you're down about 225,000 people. So these are alarming numbers. That's that's a lot of students that are not transferring to uh, four-year programs. And there are certainly a lot of reasons uh, why that's happening. There sure are. And again, it's it's last topic and this topic we seem to be – uh, the <laughs> bearers of, of bad news, but but when we think that there has been a decline since fall of 19 um, of 11% transfer in low-income students, which is the equivalent of those 225,000 people, as, as empirically verified by the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center, uh, so, so, and they're dealing with real-world data. It's not estimations. Uh, you are talking about a massive population, and if when we think about two-year colleges, and and you always say it so uh, beautifully that we are, you know, the first place those uh, low-income individuals, the first generation, come to, because we're less threatening, because we're less uh, ex- uh, expensive, and what have you then you're talking about a massive gap in higher education from a pipeline perspective. Now, let's put that to the side and let's talk about in any given year when we or advisors or our counselors meet the student for the first time, there's a very high likelihood that that student is going to say, I want to transfer and get a bachelor's degree and beyond. Chances are, unless they're, they've identified the career technical, edu- career technical education program they want to enter, chances are they're going to be trying to uh, transfer. Yet, state after state, college after, after college, the percentage of individuals who transfer is minimal. In California, I remember, uh, you know, it's... It, and those are official data. You're talking about single digits in, for most uh, two-year colleges, and there are 116 in that system. So 
there's something in the way we've baked the uh, the cake, and now on top of it, there's the economic, demographic, and uh, health realities that we've been living through in the last three and a half to four years. Absolutely, and you know, one of the other things that I think is something that that definitely exists is there's still confusion when it comes to the transfer process. Um, you know, community colleges try to make the process as easy as possible, uh, but it's, you know, there's not a universal transfer uh, out there. Uh, you know, you certainly have uh, plenty of, of states that have certain pathways. So Illinois, where, where I'm from, there's the Illinois Articulation Initiative, where certain classes are, are supposed to guarantee transfer and uh, within Illinois, and they, they do. But if you have someone that is transferring to a different college or university, uh, they may have their own special set of transfer rules. And for a student, that can be hard and confusing to navigate. I know I've talked with uh, you know, advisors where I worked before, where they've had trouble reaching out, you know, to somebody in another college to try and figure out a path forward for a student. So there is something to be said in that, too, where is there a way that we can make sure it's easier for students to transfer from, you know, a community college to a four-year institution? And the other thing that that's huge in that is, finances. College right now is very expensive. And certainly there have been national debates about college debt. And that is something that is very concerning for a lot of people because the burden of receiving a degree uh, with a high amount of debt is something that not every student can take on. And, you know, that's definitely a concern. And in the context of uh, higher ed in rural areas. When when you're talking about that lower income population, uh, when you're talking about minorities and first generation students, um, the idea of transferring and having to travel to another location that's far away from home just simply may not be feasible for them. Yes. Yes, and 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 again, it furthers the depletion, the population depletion in rural America, which takes away uh, potential employees from uh, businesses and furthers that downward uh, economic downward uh, slope that we talk about. I do want to say though that those are symptomatic of some root causes. And we've talked about them in the past, and I and, and we're going to address them in our following segment and as possible solutions uh, that we have created. Our over reliance on on placements and and uh, pre developmental um, prerequisite developmental education, our um, prerequisiting of of classes, the modalities and schedules of instruction. Very few places I've worked at have developed full and part-time 
educational academic uh, paths for students. I know in California it's a mandate since what is it almost ten years ago, if not more, uh, SB eleven forty and and website after website I don't see evidence uh, for it. So. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, there are great opportunities for us to try to reverse those trends and try to uh, be. It's not about being creative; it's about being responsive, and it's about curing the ail. It's the difference of giving somebody who's who's in a trauma situation a Tylenol pill uh, or morphine versus looking at the broken bones and the lacerations and the what have you that are causing those things. The pill or, or the painkiller are temporary and they might be wonderful and they might be needed, but we need to help that patient. And I think higher education is a patient. Two and four year, I think, are, but it doesn't affect the selective universities, right? They're going to keep on getting their quotas in, in 10 times, 20 times, 50 times more than they currently do. That's I don't have a doubt that those very selective universities, private and public, are going to succeed. I have not the shadow of a doubt. Well, I think, you know, to very quickly sum up, uh, I think part of what you're you're getting at, too, is really the importance of truly putting students first in the decision-making process for colleges and universities to help uh, make sure that the students are able to get what they need. So in our next show, as you alluded to, uh, we are going to talk about uh, some of the solutions that we see uh, to this problem. So if you enjoy programs like this, be sure and subscribe to our channel right here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notifications when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.